I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Two, one. Welcome to the latest episode of Soccer in the City. Tom Colker, Glenn Crooks, Roberto Ramos, John Rojas, MLS Pact weekend of action guys we're going to start with new york city fc a bunch of games to get into uh, controversy glenn crooks new york city and toronto 1-1 draw a, a lot to break down from this game the morales is again not available new york city both goals coming in the second half new york city takes a one nothing lead uh, then of course i don't know if we're going to call it uh, medina gate if we're going to call it bono gate but probably the most controversy at yankee stadium since Maybe go back to 1996, game one of the ALCS, the Jeffrey Mayer interference, Derek Jeter's home run in that game. Wow. Right? Holy smoke. Would anybody wow. disagree? Most controversy in Yankee Stadium since 96. Um, let's not bury the lead, and let's start with the play that MLS and fans are talking about, and it was the Bono kick, and it goes off of the back of Medina's head. It bounces into the net. Is it a goal? Well, yeah, by the uh, by, the letter of the law, it absolutely is. If you read, uh, John Rojas is shaking his head, and you, you have no ground to stand on because in the IFAB laws of the game, it says you cannot impede on the release of the ball from the goalkeeper. Um, Medina was walking away from the play. His little six-inch jump had no bearing on anything. It really shouldn't even, it's inconsequential as to how the rule is written. Yes. And, and that was, that, that's, that's why I was shaking my head because it's no goal. It's not a goal because the play, the play is dead by the oh, moment. Yeah. Oh yeah. The whistle. Period. The, the play is but dead. Listen, yeah. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be such a high uh, controversy. It's a referee mistake. Well, I, many, I many others during the game, Okay. Well, I know where you're he, going with this. He thought he thought he thought the Medina was stepping into the box, and he was trying to protect the player when he received the, the hit. If he's in the box, right, then uh, Toronto has the right to restart the game with a with a free kick, right. And at the yeah. same time, he's trying to protect the player that was hit, which is Medina. So he was too fast on blowing the whistle. If he doesn't blow the whistle, the ball goes in. He has the chance to review the player through bar, right? And then it's a goal, but it wasn't a goal. It wasn't a goal. The same way that uh, the definition of a, of a, of a okay. semifinal or final, with, I, I know, with shots it, from the penalty kick is not a penalty. Okay, it's a shot from the penalty kick. 
It's, it's slightly. Thing. This is slightly semantics. Yes, it's not. Well, a- slightly. No, no. This one isn't slightly. Sadly, the decision that he makes to blow the whistle is a huge mistake. He shouldn't blow the whistle. He's got to let the plague play out. That's the mistake. But the fact is, I mean, that is a. That's a. That should have been a goal, but he blows the whistle and that kills the play, and that's where the mistake is made. But that's the semantics. It's the semantics. Is it it, should, you're saying it should have been a goal? Yeah, that's that's what we're saying. We understand well, yeah, it wasn't it a, goal. a goal. But the but the minute he blows a whistle, it's dead. No matter what happens. All I right. mean, any I, sort of play. He I aired. I aired in my analysis because uh, uh, it, did blow, it was clear not, that it blew blew right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, yeah it was it very did. clear. It was very clear. And, uh, and we know that there was discussion in VAR and should it be or should it be. But once he blows a whistle, there's not really much to say. As far as that's concerned, now should it have been a goal? He never should have blown his whistle. He should have let the play play out, and that should have one hundred percent been a goal because that's not goalie interference. Because Medina is clearly walking away from the play, even if he jumps six inches, he's clearly walking away. He is outside of the box because being in the half moon is not in the box. That's just for spot kicks taken. For players not to have an advantage and everybody's at the same, at least at, at, what is it, 10 yards away. Does somebody think that if you're in that D, you're in the box? I, I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, I'm sure there are people who think that that's part oh, of the box. Yeah, it's yeah. not part of the box. Yeah, from you know, the top of the of newbies. From the top of the D to the penalty spot is 10 yards. Right. That's it's the D. Uh, but it, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. We a call it half moon in Spanish. Well, you can call it whatever you be... want. It's a D. We're we're in the United States of America. It's the D. Right. Yeah, America. We don't have an official language. You want to go? You want to go talk about that too? <laughs> hey, my friend, uh, where I'm uh, doing some research, Clifton, New Jersey, 66 languages spoken. So I don't know what their language is there. Well, all right. So we all over 130. All right. So no goal on the the controversy. And uh, let's go back Here, now to uh, here's. Yes. But but I do want to add something here. Well, and it's something to talk about because it's something to look at and 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 you know New York City can feel hard done by for me the game ends and it there's emotion attached to it but here two things number one New York City should have had the lead in the first half yes and this should have been a comfortable three points not just exactly. three points but a comfortable three points so and number two is with the cries out for leadership and discipline and how that has been one of the massive improvements in this club and now under the captainship of Sean Johnson uh, and Ronnie has often referred to that Orlando City match last year the playoff match where they lost saying that uh, the uh, leadership and discipline was absent from that game at the end and that led to perhaps how that result went and the, the failure to advance I mean the the reaction to to everything that happened i mean the game changed for two reasons number one there the mentality changed and then number two toronto's fc's reserves kicked the arse of new york city fc's reserves which if you look at the bench leading into the game you could say well you know tfc certainly has the advantage so emotions you know if you take time to to think about it you know post game maybe you're still thinking about uh the goal that uh, didn't happen but to me if i'm leading that team i'm saying we should have won it in the first half we should have reacted better when that goal was not allowed 
And we lack the leadership and discipline that had been so present. So let's get it back and let's get it back soon because we have a big game against Columbus. I, you know, I don't I don't think enough of that was said by New York City, whether it's Ronnie Dyla, whether it's players, whoever it is. And it goes further than that. It goes further than that, Glenn, because coming out of a press conference after everything that you said that I agree with. And in a couple of minutes, if you want me, I can go with positive out of this game because as you guys remember, I, I'm not being so positive on previous games of NYCFC. We can take some positive out of this one. But coming out of the press conference and saying we, we were robbed, the referee robbed us, I mean, you have, what are you doing? Is that the example that you want to set? You want your players to come out? And complain for those little things that are part of the game because a mistake from the referee is part of the game. Is that the example? Is that the bar that you want to set? I don't think so. I mean, you said it. They have plenty of shots. You have six shots on target. Yeah. And to be honest, the goal well, Tati, was an Tati. accident once again. Of course. The goal yeah. was an accident. Well, John, oh, you bring up a good point that we should run through the just people who missed the game, the stats, you, if you were to just look at the stats, it should, it's overwhelming. Possession 58, 42 shots, 13, six you know, shots on target, doubled them up. Yeah, I mean, oh, every, every up and down the line, it was all New York city. Tom, the goal expectancy for New York city was 2.1. So that's how much they create. Not only how much they got the ball, but how much they create. They had 13 shots overall, six on target. And they scored yep. one goal by mistake of the opponent. Yeah. Yeah. And alert, you know, you deserve those goals because you're alert and they were standing yeah, around. I mean, of course. Nonetheless, yes, okay. but it was a right. mistake. Yeah. Exactly. And, and a lot of goals are scored on mistakes, but exactly. nonetheless, nonetheless. Uh, so there, you're there talking, exactly. so you talking about there. needing needing to, to set up examples and create a good leadership. You're the first one. You're the first leader of this ship. So you come out, you don't talk about the referee, you forget about that, and you say, listen, this is a game that we should win comfortable, okay? Every way you put it, we should finish this game early on. We didn't. Now we have one point, and let's take the positive out of this. And you can list all the positives that you want because they were a lot. But if you listen to the whole press conference you know his presser you know he does he does talk about some of those things it's not like i know he used the word robbed with the referee but that was but but he said it but it was taken out of context he also said the referee was a gentleman uh he admitted that uh he he should have let it go you know those sorts of things so he said all that in the same context so you know whether i i don't see it as this massive bad example but i do I do wish that there was more emphasis on and I've said this and you guys know I'm hard on the officials. And if you ever saw me in my matches since the 80s, I'm pretty hard on the officials, but I'm friends with a lot of them, too. But I've always told somehow I've always told my team after a game, we cannot blame any result on the referee because there were 89 other minutes that we could have taken care of it, by the way. Did you shank a shot from eight yards out that should have put us up 2-0 in the game over? Yeah, so that was a mistake. Referee, maybe they made a mistake. And I, I think that is overwhelmingly not the way things get looked at uh, in this day and age. And it's um, I, maybe it never was. I don't know. But 
as 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 harsh as you could be to the referee, because at the moment it's emotional. It's your job. Uh, it's your livelihood. It's points. It's pressure. What all those different things, you know, at the at the moment, you can understand sometimes emotions running a little crazy. But when you step back and look at it, you have to look. You have to understand that New York City had complete control of this three points, despite that moment. Totally, totally. And and just to close this and let Roberto go, Glenn. When what whatever positive you say about the referee in the same line with he robbed us, that's trash. Or already whatever you said before is not content. That is too much of a war. It's too much of a responsibility to put on a referee on, on the whole match that, that it erased everything good that you could say before about him or the crew. Roberto, do you agree that it should have been a comfortable win? Yeah, it, it should have been. And, uh, but at the same time, New York City was also pretty, pretty handicapped by injuries, and now they're going to be even more handicapped. When I was looking at Toronto's bench, and it's, it's good that you guys mention it, it's the fact that, I mean, they had some real heavy hitters that they could bring in off the bench and, you know, and, and make change. And, and New York City just did it. They didn't have an offensive player. Uh, they, they, they lost Callens, you know, early in the game. They lost Chano late in the game. Didn't have Tinner home. Didn't have Alfredo Morales. Didn't have Maxi Morales. Obviously, you don't have Eber and, you know, a litany of other players. And so, you know, it was a very defensive bench where you had two goalies on the bench because you just didn't have enough players. So uh, the team was a little bit handicapped over there. So he didn't have much that he could really, Tony, really Tony do. Tony Tony Rocha came in for Israel to Jerry Schrotty and, and played and played full and played yeah, and really high. The like for like, that was the like for like. But but that's know. the point. I mean, that's that's one of the positives out of the game, right? I mean, the thing is, you have those conditions, and look again. Not only look at the statistics, watch the game. I mean, New York City FC handled Toronto in a perfect way. They did. With all with all the conditions that were put into this match, right? Right. So so let, let's go with that. Let's get out with the high note. Let's be the bigger man in this and focus on us what we are doing. Forget about the rest. That's one of the biggest. I mean, positive out of the game. I mean, and 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 adding to the other games that uh, you know I, I'm not being so positive, but they're being good results. And you add this one. With better performance, better game, better constructions, then you can say, okay, this team is getting results in really hard conditions. They're learning to suffer and getting points. And that is a lot. That is very important. When you add one to the other to the other, yes. Like, you know, I mentioned before, grain of salt, uh, mistakes from the opposition, whatever. Yes, but one after the other, after the other, after the other, you're learning to suffer at the end of the day and getting, getting um, results, yeah. adding yeah. points, and that's important. They got more shots than, than many of the other games, which is good, right? I, I blame them before to be very, very uh, predictive. Well, they chose somehow some kind of unpredictability this weekend against Toronto, using Jason on the place that they use him. And that's by itself not only being a little unpredictable, but using the guy there is another positive thing because you have a guy that is willing to do whatever it takes to be on the field. He should know, and everybody knows that what 
that wasn't his, you know, preferred position. That wasn't his natural position. That he was really set up in a in, in a complicated way to play this match because he will play the same wing against Soteldo, Auto, and Kamar Lawrence. You hear those names? Yes, pretty good. Auto and Kamal Lawrence. So the kid is set up to failure, and he was fine. He wasn't great, but he was fine. He showed that he's willing to do whatever it takes to be on the field and help the team, and that's another important. Yeah, I, I mean, give the kid credit about the fact that he knew that he was making a mistake in the first half, and he adjusted in the second half, that he was too close to him in the first half, and that allowed and Soteldo to be able to move to one side or the other and beat him, especially when he beat him across the box a couple of different times. And so he made an adjustment at halftime, and that made things a little bit better for him. So good for him. He's learning He's learning on the job, and you're right. I mean, it wasn't just Soteldo, but Kamar Lawrence, who for we've been, you know, we've said all along, might be the less, the best left back in this league before he left, and now he's back. And then Auto, who they played out of position because now you got Kamar Lawrence and you got Richie Larea playing on either side. So now you got to find a place for Auto in the lineup. And they pushed him forward. And, uh, you know, he played okay as well. So, you know, it's trial under fire for Jason. And uh, I, I thought he did fine. And I, the, he'll learn from all these things. And the, the, this will make him a better player. It's good to know that you have a player that is that young, that smart, that versatile, and that uh, he, he'll grow with the team because of situations like this. Wow. <laughs> he created nothing. And that's the reason no, he started. No, but it, that's the reason he was there. And he couldn't handle Soteldo. He may have, the, the adjustment he made in the second. Look, I'm not. Look, I like the kid, you know, and he's he's you're right. This is a, an experience and a growth experience for him. But by dropping off so that Soteldo didn't. You know, he didn't get tight on Soteldo and by dropping off some that inhibited him from having this mentality to get in a more forward position. Uh, he didn't have a cross. So no, he was totally unnatural. His game was you, you sure. can see him. But you it's a wing. It's a, a right wing back. And you, and John, you were calling for Ismail Tajiri Shradi to be the wing back uh, yep. instead of Goody in one situation, you know, an early substitution. Same yep. kind of thing. It's a wing. And then you got to recover and defend every now and then. You know, I mean, it's like. So and, and uh, he is more he is more equipped to do that, Tajuri Shradi. Again, sure. especially on these circumstances with with those players in front of you. I mean, Soteldo has been trashing players in Copa Libertadores for God's sake, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, that he was himself. Uh... Himself. Add to that the other two guys, Auro and, and Kamar Lawrence. So the kid was suffering. No, but, but, it was, same, but at the same time, but Cheneau, but Cheneau also made a point, I think, to uh, especially after the first time he was beat, he made a point to get over there quickly. And there was a lot of coverage on Soteldo. So, you know, uh, you could see uh, the, the flashes. I, I um, yeah, I uh, that's one thing um, I was curious about in our pregame. I'm, I'm going to ask him again. I, the only thing I, I say about Jason being out there is. Um, and and he and he must have trained there all week because it was they known early that Tinnerholm wasn't going to play. Max he tried to train on Tuesday, and it didn't work out. So they had to, you know, um, you know, make that next plan uh, with Morales and Alfredo Morales. He, uh, he and Tinnerholm, they were down uh, from the beginning of the week, so they weren't. Yeah, think, well, we yeah, saw. I was there on practice uh, at practice, and I saw him playing there. 
You know, we we do, we saw that, and uh, yeah. So we knew that yeah. that was go- that was going to happen. But then he wound up using Chris Gloucester there as well. I mean, and Gloucester was supposed to be there for your left side of your defense, and he threw him on the right side over there to at the end of the game. I wonder what's going on with Tavon Gray in training that he's not getting a shot. You know, I well I, Gray he, Gray played last time. He played last time, so I guess he wanted to give Gloucester a shot. I don't know. We'll have to ask him. On Thursday, why one and not the other? Gray, and played, the other- Gray played seven minutes. So it, it's um, I, that, that was the question I really wanted to ask him in the pregame, and I didn't, I just didn't feel compelled to do it at that moment. Uh, it would have come across as and second guessing, and I don't want to do that because I'm not there. So uh, and he already Gray, feels second guessed, by the way. Well, Ronnie feels second guessed because a lot of people, us especially, have second guessed his substitutions. Well, he should, and the timing of him. He should. His well, decisions. Think... He his decision needs a lot of explanation, and that creates second guessings. Yeah. I mean, for example, in, in in this case, if you know that you have this opposition, that you have those talented guys, talented guys in front of you, right? That you are at home. What, what is worse? I mean, again, we're not seeing the guys on a daily basis. But what is worse, playing one of the experienced internationals on an unnatural side, right? Meaning either uh, Anmunsen or or Goody, or playing the young guy there, you know? Or yeah, or uh, the only thing I say about Tavon Gray, he's a back, so he he does know how to defend. You know, he would have been more, but we've seen him. And, you know, again, these are preseason games, but yeah, he was frigging surging into the attacking areas. You know, he, you know, he's like a gazelle and, and, and he can serve the ball. And, but that, that doesn't mean he's going to get it done in this game. I'm just saying, I, I was just, there's, there's a curiosity. I, I, I agree. But, in that, but in that level, but in that level, you can say, okay, if you put me to take the decision between Gray and Jason. Yeah. I like Jason more because he reads the game better because he has a little bit more of, of tempo and he can, you know, he can have the ball a little bit more and give us some space and create a little bit more than great that he's maybe fast and going back and forth. Okay, fine. You know, it's yeah, but more that's, like but that's equal territory. Well, I don't. It, it, you're, I'm not what, saying there's the same player. No, what you're explaining, John, is Jason playing more central, playing in the Maxi Morales role. You're not explaining him as a wing back. A wing back is box to box. That's what you do. Know, you know, get up I and know, down the but, pitch. But if he wants, but if he wants that kind of, of of elements added to the position, he may go with Jason. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, no, that's uh, because because you took you you're taking the decision between two guys that are not being the same guy. They are you, both young. They have both, you know, they're both inexperienced, that kind of stuff. But, but, but when you, you go, ahead, go sorry, John. No, I was no. going to say um, when you when you look at the, the the lineup and the bench, do you think that there is not a conversation happening amongst the coaching staff in the front office that just emphasizes man, we need to get more attacking bodies in here? It's going to be great whenever it comes back, and we can put them in the lineup. But this just, I mean, there there was no attacking option on the bench, none. So, I mean, that's got to be a conversation that's going on. It is. We know that it is. They're looking. But the thing was, I mean, obviously, they've gotten, they've gotten caught by the fact that you have 
two offensive players that uh, that were injured, and then you have one that's a long-term injury, and so that's three. And so you've you've taken all those weapons off the bench. I mean, you could have had Jason on the bench if you wanted to, if you wanted to start Gray, and then you have him as an attacking option off the bench. But, you know, they decided not to do that. And there's nothing wrong if he, if you wanted somebody who was attacking. There's nothing wrong with taking Gray, putting him in the game, and then taking Jason and pushing him away up the field. As opposed to, because Jason was supposed to be, as you said, a wing back going forward. But the way the game turned out, he was a, he basically played right back. Yeah. They and what was supposed to be a three back system yeah, really was wound up being a four back system when Toronto was attacking. Well, it always ended up being five. When you have three center backs, defending is always five. Because otherwise yeah. you, you, you're missing one side. But with the same names, that's the thing. With the same names, with the same names on the 11, you may have a little bit more of advantage on the qualities of the players. If you put Tajuri Trati, right, on the win, and then Jason instead of Medina, and Medina instead of, of Tajuri yeah, with Castellanos. Well, look, I, you know, for whatever everybody else thinks, uh, I I do have a trust of uh, of the staff. I think they're, they're quality coaches ronnie dyla and, and nick uh, cushing his uh, his top assistant i i just you know they studied the game for so long they see these things i just you know we see it a a, a different way as well so i i don't know if we're uh, you know gonna come to an agreement on, on on yeah but that would be yeah shradi on the on the wing and uh, and and jason to the inside that, that could have been a possibility but because you know. again glenn from the outside you never, uh, you never study and analyze a game in the way you think it should be, right? Because you're not the coach. You're analyzing, analyzing what you see after yeah. the decisions are being taken. Right, right. You try, so you try to analyze what he is trying to do, right? And what he was trying to do was unsuccessful. Right. And even, you know, he's even said a couple of times, well, let's see how it goes, you know. Let's look at it after the game. See if it worked. I just, I, I just felt uh, in this, and it wasn't this whole this again. This is not on Andres Jason or the decision to start him. I mean, you got Collins going down early. Ibiaga goes in again. His value is, uh, to me, is immense because he just, you know, he led the team in tackles. I mean, he's just, you know, he's a good, good player, good guy, and what a, what a value. So anyway. The game still could have been won, should have been won in the first half, you know, and um, you know. Well, that's the point. They still had plenty of opportunities to yeah. to win yeah. that match. Yeah, we're breaking it down into where you know it almost doesn't matter because <laughs> you know Soteldo, you know, skinned him a few times, and then you know he he got a little better. And um, so what else did I want to say about uh, something else? I saw. I, I wrote it that I can't remember now. Oh well, Bono. Bone, you know, like bonehead. I what the heck? So, if if that goal had stood, if that was a goal, and then you go back to the free kick, this would have been one of the been one of the nightmare performances by a goalkeeper. It should be, anyways. I mean, my gosh. Well, it yeah, it, it, it was that that ball. I I mean, I don't know. Maybe Goody's got some magic on that ball because once that hit the turf, it may. It may have done some strange bounce that he didn't expect, but I mean, how do you? It just looks so weird because it doesn't magic seem with to be. It, it it doesn't seem to be. He had a concert the other night, by the way, after the game. That's but that's beside the point. The 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 ball 
I mean, it looks like it a no, almost a normal bounce, but it sort of handcuffed him. It was like if you're in a baseball stadium, it caught him between bounces, basically. He put himself in the wrong position to attack that ball, and sure enough, it goes off his chest or his face or whatever. And look, two other things that happened there, okay, that are very important, okay? So, yes, he makes a mistake by attacking the ball the way he does and giving up the rebound. Two things. Medina... Credit to him to be alive and to be and to understand and to attack that ball and to put it and to hit it hard and put it in the back of the net. And also, what's what's going on with the Toronto defense? The slice they all lemon. just stood there. Everybody <laughs> just stood there. What was the line again? It was uh, the slice uh, of uh, the slice of lemmings was what Maddie Lawrence said, and I had I did had no idea. It sounded good. I looked up what a lemming was. A lemming is these are these little not rodents. I don't know what they are, but what they're known to do is they all like they'll line up. A bunch of them will line up at the edge of a cliff and then just all jump jump over the cliff together. Well, they do one after the other. The whole thing of the oh, lemming is, that is, that is they all follow each other. Oh, they yes. follow each other. So that's what he and he called them up. He called them a pride of lemmings. Yeah. So he basically, he, it's it's yeah. a pride of lemmings. It's a brilliant description. And uh, they all just stood there and watched. It was like there were four bowling pins. It was a seven, eight, nine, ten that was just sitting there. And they were just watching everything happen. I mean, it, it was terrible on their defense. Chris Armas is going to, I'm sure, not happy about seeing that. And as Michael Beale uh, said at the Atlantic City uh, what was it? The Tropicana in a chandeliered room with a carpet as he was doing a uh, soccer clinic. First time I met him, Michael Beale, who's now the assistant to uh, Steven Gerrard uh, with uh, Rangers in Scotland. Uh, he did all these exercises for an hour about and he used the words, don't turn off, don't turn off. And it was the first time I really heard, heard it put that way. It's a long time ago, it was like 25 years ago. And I've said it ever since and work on it in training. And the number of goals that you can score when you don't turn off is uh, pretty fascinating. And when you watch games on the professional level, whatever level, a lot of players turn off of the box. And you, they, all, you, they all did in red <laughs> on that one. You learned that stop. since you they learned, you learned that since you're a kid. I mean, the first thing that coaches tell you is you don't stop, you don't hear the whistle, period. You don't hear the whistle, you go. I don't care if it is a throw in, corner kick after a set piece, whatever it is. If it is in front of the goal, you finish it and make the referee earn his money. He has to whistle. Otherwise, it's your play. Yep. Or you can't assume the keeper's going to catch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they, they were shocked that he dropped the ball and didn't react. And they were just like, oh, my God. And then Medina was right there. So credit Medina for being turned on. And uh, do not credit the other ones for being a pride of lemmings. <laughs> the lemmings i love looking up what the lemmings yeah that's right they follow each other off the cliff that is fantastic uh, well what a uh columbus is next so that columbus new england game i columbus columbus is what how bizarre is this time struggling struggling they've scored one goal it was a, a set piece goal well they've scored three but two of them were own goals by dc united which i always say you know if if you put a pressure on an opponent you can earn an own goal you know but nonetheless they don't have an open play goal this year and when you look at the list of players uh you know starting with zardis and working your way down it's uh they don't have goals or assists none of them <laughs> 
Santos, uh, Etienne, uh, none of them. None no. of them. Z- Z- Zeller Ryan's Zeller, got his Zeller, one goal. Yeah. Yeah. Zeller Ryan is injured. So. And he's injured. But he, uh, a number of people said he, it, it's, it was, I've just, this is on social media, but it's like writers say that uh, they've heard it's minor and he'll be back. But I guess you never really. He know. may. He it may seems be. like every team that ends, ends up in CCL just struggles. Yeah. That's true. Makes sense, because right? It's, it's, yeah, it's too I much. mean, it's, it's too much, it's, too it's early. A lot of, it's a lot of pressure, exactly. It's a lot of pressure too early. So your body is not ready, but you have to perform and you want to. And and then when you are really getting into the rhythm, then the workload intensifies because the the season the, the is starting. The regular season is starting, so it's too much too early, and it's hard. I mean, look at look at what the kid Williamson did this weekend. For Portland, he played probably a ten to ten game. Where was that kind of football in Conca Champions for Portland on himself on Williamson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Williams was absent. Seen. I wanted that. Yeah. I want that kid to shine that way. And did it happen? Same thing is happening with Columbus in some ways. I mean, and they lost against New England with a goal from Buxa, <laughs> almost ending the match. It was the first ball that he touched after yeah, coming yeah. in from the bench, mm. and and that is a beautiful story on 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 that goal and on that night basically, because <clears throat> months ago during the pandemic or the heart of the pandemic, uh, through the revolution, Buxa had a connection with a family from Rhode Island, and their both parents are um, they were medical assistants or so they work on the health. Uh, industry and they decided to take care of the kids because they were in so much contact with the virus to take care of the kids, to send the kids to family members away, I think in New York, to live with them until they could, you know, be safe at home. So books are connected with the family and on top, of course, of, 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 of thanking them for the effort, he offered them to come to any game that they will decide to come bring the kids, the whole family, whoever they wanted, and they will, he will sign uh, jerseys for them and, you know, uh, have a good time after the game with him. And for the first time, of course, they could come uh, that night. This one, yeah. To the game last night, this weekend. So that was yeah. awesome for them to see this. I mean, he, of course, imagine the kids being invited by the player, waiting for the player to play because he's on the bench. And then he comes in and scores the goal. <laughs> He scored three minutes after he came in, and he scored it at the front post. Brandon By played a fantastic ball. I, mean, those, I just oh, I love those balls played just behind the, the fence and a front post run. When you score on the first post, that's the pff, Olivier Giroux. That's why he's one of my favorite strikers you had, in the world. You yeah. had drama there. You had, you had drama in Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Winner. Oh, yeah. But listen, let me say something about New England on those kids because – Brandon by and and uh, Tatian Buchanan, yeah, they're so good to watch. They're so awesome. They're good with the ball on their feet. They're fast. They have no pressure at all. They're really good. No, England's no joke. Bruce Arena's done a good job there, as you would expect them to do. Yeah, they 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 built a they built a very nice solid team over there with uh, guys who can make it. You don't think so, John? No, I mean. Depending on, on what you want. I mean, scrapping points, yes, of course. They're a tough team to beat. Now, do they play a washable game? Nah. 
it's not it's not nice to watch. But they work a lot and they have um, a system. Maybe not they, yet. Hard to beat. Yeah. But you look at the East, New England, Orlando, New York City now. Exactly. That's another one, Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> I sent Glenn this quote from from <laughs> from Losada. Heard on. From yeah, Losada, and, yeah. And Losada. I, I saw that. Yeah, that was awesome. I mean, well, I don't want to get caught dead playing that way. I love it. Yeah, basically what he said. While I'm while I'm the coach, I don't want any kind of win in the way Orlando had it tonight. <laughs> as soon as they scored, they decided to defend and protect that goal and forgot about playing. I want my teams to play for ninety minutes. Of course, it's valid. Of course, it's, it's the game. But we control every team. Not even on transitions. We set up the team. We recover the balls quickly. Our defense were, were well set up. Even our play, our goalkeeper, I think he didn't have to take a shower tonight. That's what he said. <laughs> I, I, I saw most I, of that game, and DC was on the front foot. They missed a lot of good chances, too. I mean, they, they created a lot, and they, they missed a lot of good chances. So, uh you know they they have themselves to blame as well, but uh, no, I, I but I don't point, think so, Roberto. And I is... like mm-hmm. I like Losada's mentality. I I for this league especially, I I like the mentality. I like the mentality of you know we want to play aggressive, we want to play forward, we want to go and look for goals, and you know I, I like that. I, I'm happy that he's here. If that's the way he's going to play, I'm happy he's here. Well, I. Uh... John and I have uh, talked recently. We had a really long chat, and he, his name came up. And then John John has seen like every presser with this guy, and and, and always is filling me in because you know we like to. Uh, he knows I enjoy hearing what coaches have to say about things. So one thing led to another, and I contacted Sam Leg today. Still waiting to hear back, but I, I imagine uh, it'll work. But uh, I'm trying to get Hernan Lasada on my Sirius XMFC show because he's just got this his way about him that, uh, you know, you, one of the play, what was it? John Kemp, one of the players said, we'd, you know, however he put it, you know, we'd run through a brick wall for this guy. And this is a guy that has come in and, uh, and this is what I said to John in our conversation is that, you know, athletes are, you know, they don't, they don't really, they say they don't really like strict coaches who are really disciplined, but players really do like, strict coaches and they like to be disciplined so it's this like thing where if somebody lets them get away with stuff all right thanks man you know i'm still making a living we're still winning you know some of our games but uh but they prefer the coach that really um makes them earn it puts them in better and this guy is uh he's one of those i think yeah i mean uh at the beginning when he was appointed and he's coming into MLS, and and I probably said it here on the show. I mean, don't believe. I think I said exactly that. Don't believe that you bring in anybody with a big name because he's not a big name. The fact that he's Argentinian and he played in Europe and he started his career in Europe doesn't make him a big name. He's not a big name. But what he's doing is really interesting, and the way the team is biting on on that idea on on that philosophy is very interesting, and. You know, I mean, this. If you if you take a look at this weekend, for example, he's just starting to recover players. But whatever you see, it is only a couple of minutes. I mean, 
uh, Ariola started. Ariola was right? back. Yeah. Exactly. So all these players are getting minutes after a injuries and they're just coming back. Ariola, Paredes, Canus, Camara, Felipe, Gressel, Assad, and he still has six or seven on the hospital. I asked him the other day, how is the hospital? <laughs> he laughed at me. He said, well, listen, we, we, we had some beds already that are being empty, so that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's, you know, that's the way he's living with, with that team. It's, it's very, very hardship to work on that team. And, and, and then you put into consideration that the guys are coming back from injury and then they had to get into a regime in, in which they take their weight every single day. That means it's a high regime. You know, it takes a little bit more to get on shape and to get on point to be out there and to compete. And the team is competing. If you watch this game, Glenn, this game was a beautiful match of tactics. I mean, Losada made substitutions to make the field wider, to open and spread that defense. And Oscar Pareja made substitutions to, you know, um, fortify his defense and to don up in those spaces and then Los Ada changed something inside and then Oscar changed something. It was so awesome to see. Like I was thinking watching the game, like it would be awesome if there is a shot of the coaches just looking at each other and laughing because they, they know what they're doing. I'm putting this because you put that. I'm putting that because you put this. It's so awesome. It was a chess watch. match. It was totally. a chess match on the soccer field. And just to your point, John, the guys who came off the bench for D.C., and you mentioned a lot of them, Gressel came in at halftime, Felipe came in at the 64th, Paredes came in at the 64th, and he was he was a handful, by the way. Kamara yeah. came in at the 64th as well, so he made three changes right there. And then Assad came in in the 78th minute. The guy who didn't get a chance to go on the field was uh, Andy Nahar. He didn't, well, he because didn't he, was, he was playing as a starter the other games. Right, but he didn't play today. He was on the bench, no, but he didn't play. He, yeah, I mean, he's trying. He's trying at the same time to manage minutes because you don't want to gas out these guys that are fine. I mean, remember that Andy Nahar is coming from a long injury. He was with LASC. He couldn't even get to his fitness to get. He got a couple of minutes, but never close to stay on the field. And then he was released. And then he went yeah. on a trial with DC. And with his history and being, uh, you know, an academy kid there and, and all the love that is between his family, himself and the club, then they decided to give it a shot. And he is working a lot. So, Well, good race in the East, it looks like. I think it's going to be a fun uh, summer in the East, don't you guys? Absolutely. Except for poor FC Cincinnati. Well, uh, well, at least they have a new stadium. Yeah, <laughs> nice. So what they had six thousand, I think that's what I saw the capacity was. But hey, people, in yeah, Exploria. We were just talking about Orlando. They're going to, I get, we're hearing this around the league now. They're going to open up in full. What it was it in June, and at the end of May, what is Sporting KC? I don't have it all in front of me. Uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. So And I guess New York City and, and the Bronx is still July first. That's the that's the yes. Point earliest we heard right but we haven't heard anything unless they change things because cuomo changed a couple of things this week uh or today rather uh for wednesday so uh i don't know if that's going to affect stadiums or not but uh or if they're going to start you know no things quicker 
No masks or no social distancing required for vaccinated persona. So, uh, yeah. Well, and uh, but uh, my governor, Phil Murphy, indoors, you're wearing a mask, dude. Vaccinated or not. I'm with him. I'm, I'm still doing way. it, by the of way. I'm, I'm doing it anyway. I mean, I, I was out of COVID jail on April 6th. Uh, that's when my two weeks after my second shot, I mean, I'm still wearing masks inside and We're so on the subway. And uh, I'm just outside. I'm not wearing it. But if I actually go and, I see, and I'm around a lot of people, I'm walking on the street and a lot of people are coming, I'll put it on. And it's basically when you're wearing a mask, it's to protect other people. It isn't really to protect yourself. I just don't want people to think that I'm giving them something. So, But it's you also, do it in inside anyways, right, Roberto? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if I'm yeah, in, if can, I, if I go shopping, that. go to Target or whatever, yeah, absolutely, I'm wearing it. 100%. Yeah, we we can see that that you wear it inside. I should I, I should wear it inside more often, even when I'm not around people. There you go, Johnny got to his point very nicely. <laughs> I do have a face for radio. Well, hey, let me ask you guys about the West real quick. Seattle's playing like they normally play after July. So this will be interesting to see how things play out because they're clearly the top team right now in MLS playing great. Again, we're historically off to slow starts for that team. And, John, how about LAFC? Should, should the faithful be worried out there? I mean, I think yes, especially because this is new territory for them, right? And this is a young team. I mean, as much as we praise them, uh, Mark Anthony Kay, Edward Tuesta, Diego Rossi, uh, they, they don't have, even even the, the two side about the Colombians, I mean, Murillo, Segura, they don't have the experience of, you know, going on rough patches and after after being praised so much, you know, getting a, a so hard start and all that. So it, it, it needs to, it needs to take a lot of work, not only on the field, but I think outside of the field with the with the mental part of the game and 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 the way that they should control everything that they can control because they're not playing well. Uh, yes, the bar you know may be too high by their own quote unquote fault, but now responsibility comes in. I mean, Eduardo Tuesta didn't sign a one year extension used to stay here 10 months, right? He needs to and he wants to be on a final and, and win a championship or whatever because that's the, that's the plan. That's the way he's going to be out. Same thing for Diego Rossi. You know, I mean, um, this kid, uh, I forgot another, the last name, the other Uruguayan that went to Almeria on loan, Brian Rodriguez, he went out there yesterday on an on an Uruguayan radio station and he said that he wants to go back to Peñarol that he doesn't want to come back to LA after his loan is done in two games because that's what Almeria has left because he want to be in a place that where he, he feels he's wanted <laughs> so you know and you still have the guy on your roster what are you going to do I mean they definitely need something else uh, Carlos Vela came in. Uh, I wouldn't, I mean, I, I'm nobody, totally nobody to double guess Bob Bradley. 
But if Carlos Vela is coming back from of an injury, especially a, mu a muscular injury, I wouldn't give him his first minutes back on turf. I mean, I don't need to. I don't need to risk the guy. Yeah. For what? Anyways, of course, he came in and he didn't... I mean, he was nowhere to be seen. The game has their own rhythm. It's hard to get rhythm on those games, especially against Seattle when those matches are always light up and so hard fought and, you know, energetic. So I don't, I don't think that they served too much to got him in. But anyways. Well, on the Seattle side, so I voted for uh, Christian Roldan, uh, MLS Player of the Week. Three matches. He played 90 minutes in all three, scored the game winner in the uh, the midweek match. And uh, I, so I saw two out of those three matches. And I just uh, I know uh, Gonzalo Higuain scored a couple, including the game winner late for uh, Miami uh, in Cincinnati's new home opener. But uh, yeah, and he got, you know, he, he was named player of the week. But uh, rolled on, man. He. <laughs> Hey, and I need to confirm this story, Glenn. I don't know if you know about this, and if you can confirm it to me, but remember the last game, Alex ended up being a goalkeeper for a couple of minutes, right? Yeah. So the story is, the story tells that when they got out of the keeper because he was injured, and in, in the meantime that they were looking around what to do, Christian raised his hand and asked for the gloves. So everybody was thinking... Christian is the one who's going. And when they come into Christian, Christian's pointing, no, give it to Alex. <laughs> <laughs> that is good. How about what Alex uh, uh, Roldan did? Uh, I just saw the highlight. I, I think it, was, it must have been yesterday's win. He split two defenders with a little right. uh, little scoop. Yeah. And then he beat one more, then played a ball, then got it back, and then, played, and then served the assist for Smith's goal. I think, do I have that right? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, it was oh. a perfect, I mean, a perfect cross, too. But what a, what I mean, a sequence. Served him on a platter. That was, uh, so the Roll Down boys are doing all right. Yeah. As is Seattle. Totally. Three wins in a week. Holy smokes. You know what's funny? Today I, I, I put out a, uh, a tweet talking about uh, Brian Schmetzer and uh, how good he's been and uh, put out his record and all that. And, you know, with all the talk about, you know, Jim Curtin and obviously Jesse Marshall who left already for Europe. Why is he, you know, maybe not talked about as much, in, you know, in those sort of terms. And people from Seattle are writing me going, shut up. Don't don't, don't do that. Don't, don't let anybody know. No, Jesus and I think that's the main point. Don't, don't do that. And I think that's the main point, Roberto. I don't think I don't think people talk about him that much on that sense of him being someone who, you know, could go to Europe or something because I don't think he wanted. it. I don't think he liked it. I don't think, I think that is his place in the world. And he only wants to do it there for them. And I have the feeling, I don't know him that much, but for what I hear and the way he speaks and the love that we all know he has for the franchise and the city and all that his family meant, you know, years and years for that community that the day he you know, is living uh, Saunders. He's living the game. I, I get that feel. I get that feeling as well. I remember uh, he when when it was time for him to renew his contract. I mean, normally coaches get renewed with a year left in their contract because they don't want them to be, you know, a lame duck coach, mind you. But he play, He he ran out his contract, and you know, he made no bones about that he wanted to return, but. 
At the same time, he wanted to return at whatever higher price. So, uh, and, and they wound up letting the contract expire and then got another deal done. I think at that time, there was only discussions about other MLS teams. He wasn't going anywhere. I mean, out of, out of country. I, I don't think when, when there was, yeah, his story yeah. reminds me of, um, uh, I don't often watch 60 minutes anymore, but, uh, they had this UFO thing on last night. So I said, I got to watch this cause UFOs intrigue me. Uh, but they had a, uh, they did a feature on Rafa, uh, Nadal and where he grew up Mallorca. And it was, ju- it was really a sweet story. And, you know, he's a guy that kind of is the same as Roger Federer, in terms of his effectiveness, but often kind of falls a little bit beneath him, you know, is like less, I don't know, less, um, uh, less publicized. I don't know if that's the right word, but it reminds me of Schmetzer that, you know, even as great as Nadal was and is he, uh, you know, he kind of falls under the radar a little bit, but it was a really sweet story about growing up in, on, on this Island, um, off the coast of, uh, Spain and, you know, uh, Pretty nice place too. I th- nice place to vacation. <laughs> oh, of course, <laughs> one of the islands. Uh, you Tom, you got, any real, you got any real estate holdings in uh, Mallorca? I'm, I'm going to look into it. Right. Look into yeah, it. You, you should. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, one of the. I need to. I need to go to Ibiza one of these days. Uh, you, you're not that young. <laughs> I know I'm not that young, but I love the music. So <laughs> I love electronic music. So that's all good. You're going to hear it through the window. <laughs> um, I'll be fine. But Tom mentioned Atlanta. We got to mention Atlanta because there were 40,000 people this stands. Oh, my God. I know. Let's, let's go. Let's go with Orlando. But just let me mention something. Uh, last one on Seattle that you were mentioning contracts and stuff. And he amazed me. I mean, the guy is an idol there. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame of the team for sure. Most likely a stand will be on his name. And I'm talking Freddy Montero. Mm-hmm. And he is making peanuts. He is making peanuts. He's making eighty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> he scored. He scored last night, right? Or no? no, the game he before. He scored this no. week. Yeah, he scored this week. Yeah, the game yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. I mean, he hadn't played that well with with Vancouver. I mean, it might be what? coaching and a whole no, bunch of things. No, he did. No, he did. He did. Look at the statistics of the of, of twenty twenty. Uh, on Vancouver, he was the one of the top goal scorers with a less amount of time playing, and he okay. was involved. Uh, my assisting sense was that scoring. he wasn't doing that well, but okay. No, the team is not doing well. That team is well, the team not was doing awful. well. Exactly, they're but historically that's awful. Yeah, that's why. But again, nice. I mean, going back to Seattle, you know, I mean, he basically told them, I mean, I'm coming because I want to. I just want to finish here. Basically, I mean. That contract Does he this. have incentives in his contract? I mean, sometimes they have, you know, the base and then the yeah, whatever incentive. Whatever incentive is not even making the minimum senior spot. <laughs> Basically, it's just the minimum. So this crowd of forty thousand in Atlanta. Yeah, and they had to wait for a goal until the last minute. <laughs> but boy, the all, noise level was stay. crazy. The noise level was just nuts. Can you imagine? You just love it. I mean, seriously, the atmosphere there is great. And it was a really good goal. Marcelino Moreno, it was a really good goal. A great goal. Yep. And uh, 
but I, I didn't wasn't aware until I read it this morning. It's the largest. It makes sense. It's the largest soccer crowd in the world since the pandemic started. Correct. The largest crowd in the world so far for an event was in Dallas. And that was the uh, Canelo Alvarez fight that was held at AT&T Stadium, Jerry's World. And they had over 73,000 people for that uh, boxing the, match. What was the date of that? It was just like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, okay. I'm just, just curious. Texas, I know, opened up. Uh, they opened their doors uh, rather early during this uh, crisis. So yes. I'm just curious, just curious if it was like last November or something. <laughs> no. <laughs> just the like past week or so. It was either, if it was, it was a Saturday before this. Like 10 days. Well, what else did I got here that I wanted to talk about? Oh, uh, how about th there's this was <laughs> I love this, although it's only happened once in any game I've ever coached where the goalkeeper comes up late in a game. You know, you're 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 down a goal or, you know, whatever. You have to get a goal, you know, to whatever it is that the keeper comes up for the last second corner kick. And um, and Allison for Liverpool. Oh, that was awesome! It, yeah. He scored. You know, so you, you think back to the Tim Howard scored once on a on a punt. You know, this was Allison coming up, and, and it wasn't a cheap header. I mean, it was a great finish. No, yeah. it was it was a like I've been playing center forward my entire life, sort of. Most goalkeepers feel like they they would be goal scorers if if their coaches would let them. You know, you know the Tony yeah. Miola story, right? Tony Miola, uh, he. Uh, uh, there was a guy named Sal Rosamilia who actually works for MLS now. And he, the, these two were both goalkeepers for Cardi high school and Sal was really good. So what they did, they, they were there at the same time, senior year, Sal played in goal and Miola played on the field and scored 46 goals to lead the state. The keepers feel like mm -hmm. they can score goals, but Miola is a and, spe special yeah, athlete. And for people that usually says this is only a game, you know, he he uh, offered his goal, and you saw him crying at the end after the celebration to his dad, who passed away. And he said, well, I, "I wish my dad will see this." But I mean, I know he's watching. But yeah. it will be it will be nice to have him. And it's happening this week. I mean, Ryan left. I mean, uh, uh, when Chope Avila scored his first goal for Minnesota United, and he celebrated offering the goal to his brother. Who took his life a couple of months ago from depression, and uh, Pereira from Orlando? He scored the goal uh, against this United, and he celebrated offering the goal to a friend of his who played with him in National in Montevideo, uh, Morro Garcia, who took his life out of depression a couple of months ago too. Wow! Yeah, it's happening real lot. And curiously, is I think it is Mental Health Month. Yes, it is. So it's important. I mean, players are people. It is Mental Health Month, and a, and a guy I used to coach with Jonas Silk, who is working as a counselor at the University of Michigan. I, I have on as a guest on my uh, serious program this week, uh, and going to run a couple of clips with him. But uh, no, and you know. The combination and up there it was like he said it was the it was a combination of 
He said you have seasonal depression, especially in, a, in an area like that where it's cold for a good portion of the year and you don't it's not as light and you're not outside as much. And then combine that with the pandemic um, depression. And he said it was a really um, in different parts of the country where the climate is like that. It's uh, because that's, you know, that's all science neuroscience and everything else i mean if it's dark and cold and you're not outside and it uh it does things to you and people have seasonal depressions where they desperately need sunlight and when you live in northern climates like you know here in new york it manifests itself yeah how about you where you yeah. if it's 24 and hours in, and, uh, and light, 24 football. hours dark how about those <laughs> yeah how about those I, I i can't even i can't even fathom what happens with people who have that sort of well disease. they drink a lot i mean that's if you look up those areas there they all there's a lot of vodka consumed right <laughs> to warm up the heart and the body <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> hey let's uh before we head out let's talk about the the next match it's columbus how you guys feeling about this i mean obviously we talked earlier in the, in the show columbus has struggled especially offensively for a number of reasons but uh, i guess it really comes down to new york city's health and for this yeah. match. What do you guys think? It it, it I, does uh, because know, uh, they did New not, York City. Well, they didn't train Monday, unless you know Sunday Roberto. They didn't train today, so there's no report. I, I couldn't get an update on Chano or Collins, so I don't know what uh, what you got. I don't have anything on them, but it, it didn't look good, uh, especially Collins more than Chano. Um, but it, we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. But also, I mean, on the good news front, we expect Maxi Morales to be back for this game. I'd be surprised if he's not. I mean, I don't know if he's going to start, mind you, but I expect him to be there. We don't know anything about Alfredo Morales, uh, but uh, well, well, you know, Ronnie it's said it's going to be interesting. You to didn't see listen the to defense. my pregame. No, Ronnie said uh, Alfredo Morales and Anton Tinnerholm are almost surely going to be back. Maxi is still yeah. a question mark. Maxi tried to train. Well, the thing was that discomfort. Right, but the thing with uh, Tinnerholm, Tinnerholm, when I saw him on Thursday was practicing exclusively on the side. Now, you know, he has another week to get better, mind you. So if he's fine, then then great. And if Morales is back, so so then you're getting three guys back, but you might lose you might lose two with Callens and Chano. With right, Callens, that's interesting. I mean, of course we don't know the extent of it, but his his body language and his face language with the substitution and the way he was trying to communicate, it looks to me like he just felt it. He felt the pinch and he stopped. So he, did, he didn't want to make it worse. He understands, he knows his body. And I think he has in his mind that he may be on Peru's roster for Copa America and the next World Cup qualifiers. So then comes the decision, right? I mean, if, if it wasn't that bad and he can, with some rest, therapy and then he can train normally and he's fine then maybe he, he can go but if he is has a little something and he start thinking on national team duty then he may not be on the on on the game right because it's you're not going to risk it i think chano is the one that's out a hundred percent because he tried to serve a ball out of the back uh, and I miscalled it. I said it was Sands, and then Maddie uh, corrected me. It was Cheneau, and Maddie said as soon as he served it, he grabbed his groin area, which he had hurt earlier, and I think, he, I think it was a double whammy. He heard it, tried to hang in there, and then 
stroke the ball again, and I, I would. Before halftime, we'll see him. Before ha- before halftime, he yeah. was grabbing his groin. Yeah, yeah. Constantly, he so de- he was he, feeling it. Yeah, he definitely, and he's a tough. He comes back. He's and, a tough know, guy. He always comes back and plays. So I won't be shocked if he's in a lineup Saturday. I'm just saying, I I highly doubt it. Highly doubt it. And then, so that means, who, so who are you putting you in the sl- middle? You right? slide Ibiaga right in. Well, yeah, well, Ibiaga is de- definitely one. Four at the back. Then, no, you play four at the back. Play, Sands and Ibiaga, yeah. and then, uh, yeah, you go. You you don't. Yeah, you play four at the back. And then, and uh, I believe if if I if correct me if I'm wrong, I believe Almondson can play in the middle as well. Who do you have on the right? Well, Tinnerholm well, will be back. Tinnerholm, if Glenn or, like back. But if not, I mean, I'll, not. I'll probably go Tavon Gray. Doesn't look like he is trusting the guy to put in him. You know, with him, it's it, it's. I, I don't know if it's not. It's a trust thing. I really don't. I I, I really really don't. And uh, you know, we saw Gray during preseason. We saw one of the games. Uh, Glenn saw two of them, and I mean, he he played like he looks like he can play, he can play the part. I mean, he doesn't look like a fish out of water. So, you know, you got to trust your kids every so often. I mean, obviously, he's trusting Jason. You got to trust some of the other kids to uh, go out and do it as well. I mean, this is a league where they're trusting more and more kids more and more often after a while for not doing that and being taken to the woodshed for it as a league. You know, oh, in Germany, kids can play, but not in MLS. Then things started to change in 2020 and maybe a little bit before that. But so... New York has got to basically get get on board with that as well. Are you sitting in a lawn chair? Me, Roberto? Yeah, it looks like you're sitting in a lawn chair. No, <laughs> I'm just, but it's my regular office chair. I'm just oh, okay. It looks comfortable. That's all. Excuse yeah. me. No, I I just saw I saw the uh, you know the the strands across the back. I thought it was yeah. It, it's a very, it's a be- very very nice, good, sturdy uh, lawn chair. <laughs> no, it's not. A, it's an office chair. All right. So you, Glenn, so you didn't pay attention. You didn't I'll pay attention to Coney the face Island. mask. You didn't pay attention to the face mask, but you paid attention to the chair. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, well, look, I um, I, I'm, I going into this game, Tom. I'm, I would, I'm, I would feel I'm feeling pretty confident for New York City FC. I, as long as they get these, play, I think Morales will be back. I think Tinnerholm will be back. I think Morales is a question mark. I think Chano uh, and Collins are question marks, but if you go forward the back with Sands and Ibiag in the middle, I don't. You know, I'm not. That's not driving me nuts. Uh, you know, that's you uh, just have. You just don't have much cover. If something happens, meaning to if Ibiaga, if Ibiaga or Sands get hurt, yeah. Well, oh, Tavon Gray, then, then, then you. Well, uh, you might see Tavon Gray. Tony Roach has played center back. And Tavon Gray played center back on the youth level. I mean, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. So. There'll be something. They'll be they'll be able to that's, figure. It's it's more important to have depth on the attacking side, I think, for this group because they're uh, they're generally uh, they're foundationally sound on the defensive side for the most part. Let's put it this way: if if there is progression on this team, if there is you know a way to show that the positive that we mentioned through the show are. Keeping moving, they should handle Columbus Crew as the way they're playing today. Yeah, and if, if, if 
if Zellerion doesn't play, that makes a huge even better. Oh, even huge, more. Yeah. But, yeah. And, and by the way, let's not forget that uh, Vic Latinovich is there, and he's already come in in a couple of games. Uh, so we, I did they definitely I did trust forget. him. I did forget about okay, him. Okay, so yeah, he's he'll there. Be, uh, I doubt he would start, but uh, yeah, he, he's he's the guy that would come in ahead of Gray. So, so I, I've looked up Odmanson and uh, to see where he's basically played throughout his career, and uh, he he basically is stuck to the left line. Hmm. So he's played uh, mostly uh, left back, but he's also played uh, left midfield and left and left wing. Yeah, you forgot I tweeted out his heat map right when he was signed. It was yeah. all left. It's, he never. It's basically never, the only time he goes to the right is to go to the bench to grab a drink of water. Then he's back on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> all right, boys, let's bring this one to a close. Uh, it's a podcast. You can't see it, but Glenn has his tinfoil hat on. He's got to go catch some more UFOs. So let's uh, let's bring it to a close. Oh, this is my this is my NRBQ hat, by the way, the greatest club band in the history of rock and roll. New rhythm and blues. Oh, wow. Oh, absolutely. And uh, there's a story behind that. The fact that I have the hat on is that I was on my roof today doing doing some stuff I had to do. And this ladder I bought from my neighbor and I got off. Yeah, no UFOs. And I took the ladder all the way back to my neighbor and yeah, everything's closed up. And I forgot I left my hat up on the roof. Oh, God. <laughs> but, so you have to go have to bring it back no, and go get it? No, my, my daughter has this rock climbing implement that it extends. It's like this hook and it extended so far. I can reach up there and grab there it. There you go. Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you didn't injure yourself. Uh, let's go. <laughs> let's go around the room. Roberto, where can people catch the <laughs> Spanish podcast? Sorry, John. J- John hasn't been feeling well. And I just uh, added on to his misery, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, people can listen to our game. It's the start of the game is 730. We'll be on at 715 on nycfc.com slash radio. Uh, Ariel and I are doing a Facebook Live 90 minutes before each game. So you can catch that on my page at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial on Facebook. So uh, please do. Uh, we're having some fun with that and, uh, you know, grabbing some questions from people. So we're, it's it's very interactive. You can follow me on Twitter at Rob Abramowitz. You can follow me on Facebook at Roberto Abramowitz Oficial with one F. And also on Instagram at Roberto Abramowitz. So, uh, and I'm starting a new gig with uh, with Especialistas del Deporte. So, um, with Especialistas, it's a new site that's been created by uh, by Raúl Alegre, the ex uh, Giants kicker, ex uh, Jets kicker, and kick for other teams as well. He won two Super Bowls, and uh, you know he uh, worked at ESPN for the longest of times up until. Uh, the last couple of months, and so now he's created this website that a lot of us ex-ESPNers are participating in, and uh, Especialistas del Deporte means a sports specialist, and uh, we're doing a lot of analysis of a lot of different things, and uh, with my presence there, we're talking about MLS as well, so uh, you guys can, uh, if you know Spanish, come and uh, come and join us. A lot of great people have joined the website. I'm really happy to to see Luis Tapia, Diego Balado, Eduardo Vizcaya, Luis Hernandez, guys were very well known, Javier Trejo Garay. So um, we've got a lot of um, very well known people in, in media who are, are part of this effort. So uh, if you can look us up, Especialistas del Deporte, uh, we're there. And oh, one last thing, uh, Efrain Juarez is now part of our pregame show. 
and uh, we'll be talking to him uh, before every game. Last one went 18 minutes, so I had to extend the pregame show to half an hour. Uh, he's promised to keep it shorter for the next one. All right. Uh, there's, there's something called editing. You know, I spoke to Ronnie for 20, 22 minutes every week, and I bring it down to 12. It's yeah, but uh, Efrain had interesting things to say. Oh, the head coach doesn't. <laughs> the head coach on the pregame show explained Andres kidding. Jason at right wing back. No one else had it. You got to listen to the pregame show. I couldn't say it. I mean, I saw it. I couldn't say it. No, you can't say it, but I no. you know you saw but it. But I saw it before he told you about it because you didn't go to practice. I did. Glenn, where's the English Glenn. broadcast? Uh, NYCFC.com slash radio, New York City FC Network. Same as Spanish. We're on the same. You can just see it and you just click Spanish or English. And we're on uh, at, uh, for this game, 7.15 for the pregame. I have Ronnie Dyla. And with uh, Maddie Lawrence, I'll be doing a, a Facebook Live on the New York City FC Facebook page. We will do that an hour before kickoff. So that'll be at uh, 6.30. 630. On, uh, on on Saturday, and uh, I've got a fun one tomorrow, boys. Uh, there's a guy named Max Wyman who uh, is a soccer writer and covers Malmo FF for Sid Svenskin, and he, he and Anton Tinnerholm know each other quite well. I've been trying to get Anton in for an on-frame podcast interview, so the three of us are uh, going to hop on board tomorrow to uh, record an interview, so that should be fun. And uh, that'll come up cool. on my podcast on frame. And um, that's it. If you have a chance to watch the Barcelona women play, it's the best football on the earth. Uh, it's like they just beat Chelsea 4-0 in the Champions League final on the ladies' side. But it's so pleasurable to watch. Just And the, like and the tournament is going to change name, huh? Say what now? The tournament is going to change name and image. The I don't know that. Yep. I, I miss that. Yep. What, what are they? Oh, so to distinguish themselves from the men? They, I mean, they announced they're going to change it beginning next season, but we don't know yet how they're going to call it and what the image is going to be. Well, for now, they should call it the Barcelona Cup. And <laughs> it was 4-0 uh, at the half. And Chelsea's a good side. But uh, Lyon has been the dominant team. Anyway, so, um, yeah. I don't even know why I said that, but uh, but but I said it because you should. Everyone should watch the Barcelona women's team. It's they're really quite extraordinary. Good football. All right, thank Ross. you. Well, I just want to leave with this story of humanity. Um, you guys remember that Matias Almeida lost his dad a couple of months ago during preseason, basically, and now he is seeing that. The vaccination process in his small town is going too slow. We're talking about Azul in Argentina. That he got people calling to Johnson & Johnson to see if he, and, and Johnson & Johnson specifically, because as, remember, the vaccine is only one dose, and see if he can buy 30,000 doses so everybody in his little town can be vaccinated. Of course, he can't because, because the companies are not selling to private right now. But he's trying to do his best to help the town be vaccinated as soon as possible. Very cool. People can follow me on Rojas 875 That is on Twitter. 
All right. For Glenn, Roberto, and John, I'm Tom. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Soccer in the City.